Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with worship leader from the US, Roy Fields. Now, I've seen Roy quite a bit over the last year through a uh, satellite TV I've got set up in my house on the God Channel, they call it. Uh, Roy's quite well known through leading worship over at the uh, Florida Outpouring in uh, 2008. Uh, and, uh, mate, welcome to Australia. How you doing? Very good, very good. You've had a big launch of your ministry in the last couple of years. You know, you've yeah. had 100 million people watch you on sure. satellite TV. You've, your albums are probably selling like hotcakes all over the oh, place. Yeah. Your website's got all this traffic, you know. Yeah. Uh, tell me how that's affected you in the last couple of years. Have you? Well, I would say definitely in the last year has been an amazing blur. Because mm. <laughs> I just, I've, I've already been to the United Kingdom and now I'm in Australia and we're heading to South Africa and. Oh, Lord, it's a blur. (laughs) I'll just tell you. The way I can say it is, after I met my wife and everything, we had two kids, uh, a boy and a girl, David and Joy. They're nine and eight years old. And um, I was serving a church, and I was a worship leader. We were a church of about 75 people. And in a year and a half... We put a, I put a worship team together. I, I used what we had in the church, which wasn't that many talented people, but I just believed in them like I would expect somebody to believe in me. And I just worked with them for a year and a half. Well, we grew from 75 to 235 or 265, somewhere around there. And the place was hopping and everything. But I've been serving ministries for 18 years. And especially when, you know, your pastor is preaching about get a vision, get a vision, get a vision, you know, believe God for a vision. Well, what happens when you get one? Mm -hmm. And uh, it just came to a place where I got a vision for my life, especially being to Africa and seeing God move the way he did. And I have to say, it just really got in me to go after God and do something with my family. And so four years ago, basically what happened is the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give up your house, and I want you to give everything away inside your house. I want you to go on the road. And so we had already, my wife and I were already together uh, going and ministering up in New York. I had two invites in my whole life right there. Mm. It was upstate New York, and then it was Louisville, Kentucky. And they were preaching engagements. They weren't necessarily singing engagements. Mm. And something just stirred in me. Next thing you know, we were getting invited all over the place, upstate New York. And we were having amazing meetings. So it wasn't like I was just coming to sing a song. I would preach. We'd give an altar call. Kids would get saved. I was in a youth group one night where all these kids were lined up. And we really had an encounter with God. And this woman, uh, I say this woman, this 21-year-old girl came up to me. And she gave me a big hug, and she was crying and sobbing. She says, I'm a Catholic. I've never felt God like that ever in my life. Thank you. And it just hit me, wow, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I already knew that when I was 11, because mm-hmm. when I was 11, I was in a, a small little house meeting, and there were five guitarists lined up across the living room, and there were about 60 people jammed in this room, and they were worshiping. And that's when I first felt the presence of God in my life. And I said, Lord, I want to do that the rest of my life. I said, mm-hmm. I want to lead worship the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I got a guitar, and the rest is history. I learned keyboard and drums and everything. So I bring that up till now to speed and now I'm on the road and my wife and I are in complete agreement with everything and we decided that's it let's give up our home let's give up everything we gave everything away yeah we like called people said come and get it and man they were there in 30 seconds (laughs) they came and grabbed the stuff and they left you know like where were you when we were moving in our house you know and uh, so 
we got on the road and we were having small meetings. You know, it wasn't we were having large meetings. Nobody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what was going on. They didn't, you know, know those who labor among you and everything. And uh, within the first year, we started seeing some major fruit. And uh, we met a guy by the name of Shane Willard. Mm-hmm. I think you've heard of Shane. Yep, Willard. Shane's been out to Australia and, and sure. spoken. Yep, yep, Shane's well known around mm-hmm. Australia here and. Uh, he uh, he came, you know, he went from the Jesus Dome in South Africa, 5,000 people, to my little house in Johnson City, New York, and he t- preached to like 12 to 20 people. And because we had a ministry my parents did down below in the basement where we had revival meetings and there was like 150 people coming. Well, we had a flood before Shane came, so nobody came to the meeting except for 12 people. Yeah. And Shane came and just preached just like he would to a 5,000 group crowd and um, three days later after the meeting, he said a couple things to me that released me in my heart. And I prayed another prayer, like I call it the prayer of consecration. And um, when I prayed this prayer, God, like, I can't explain it. Like I said to the Lord, Lord, whatever you want, you can have. And I had already given everything up. But I, it was like we we were starting to get booked around. We had money. My wife and I has got a great relationship. Everything's going good. So I wasn't praying out of a valley. Oh, God, get us out of this mess and everything. I was praying a prayer of consecration like for Job. Mm. You know, I trust you, Lord. Though you slay me, I trust you. And I was telling the Lord this this day. I said, Lord, if you want to take everything from me, i got to have you. And mm. that was where I was coming from. And all I can tell you is this is right after Shane. Um, I pull the car over. It's 1130 at night. And I'm I'm hyperventilating as I'm praying this prayer. And I said, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. And like all of a sudden, I felt a demonic voice come out of my throat. I can't. Now, this is really strange. It's really weird for people to understand. It, just imagine how I felt. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm going, this is weird. But something came out of, a voice came out, a very low voice. And it was rage. It was anger and everything. I look in the rearview mirror and my eyes look like I've been crying for 30 minutes. And I said this, I said, Jesus, is that you? Not the voice, but what caused it to come out. Mm. And I felt somebody get into the car with me. Nobody was there. I felt somebody get into the car and sit down with me. And I felt the presence of God. And it wasn't like an exciting, nice feeling. It was a very fearful, reverential fear that came over me. And all of a sudden, all I can tell you is when I said, Jesus, is that you? And I felt him sit down or whoever it was. It could have been an angel. It could have been anything. And I don't have these kind of encounters. I just don't. I haven't in the past. Sits down. I felt all the weight of 30 years go off my back. Mm. It felt like I got saved. Mm. Like again. Mm. And I grabbed my Bible and I got back on the road. And I was like, you're Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Sidkenu. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're Everlasting Father. Lily the Valley. I'm going nuts. I'm going crazy. And I go and get my wife. And I said, I don't know what happened to me today. But everything in our ministry has just completely changed. Mm. I don't understand. All I know is Jesus just touched me just Mm. now. Mm. I just felt the Lord. And Melanie's like, really? Wow, wow. And I'm like, I'm shaking and I'm hyperventilating and I, I didn't, I've never done this before. The very next day, we were believing God for an SUV, a sport utility vehicle, so we could travel around ministry. Mm-hmm. I was so touched. And we only had $5,000 and we needed another 5000 And I was so touched by what the Lord did. I was so shaken to the core that I even had a woman the next day give me the $5,000 and it didn't even phase me. 
normally it would phase me. It didn't even phase me. I didn't care. And the presence of God was so strong in my life that I told her, I said, you won't believe what happened to me. I said, this is great what you're doing for me, but let me tell you what God did for me last mm-hmm. night. Like, I didn't even care about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, starts crying, mm-hmm. you know, and she starts to feel the presence of God. Well, a week later, we met Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Yeah. Rodney Brown. He's, yeah. he's held meetings over here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I saw him in the lobby after a meeting, we felt the fire of God go right through us, one of his summer camp meetings. And the Lord's like speaking to my, my wife and I, like this is this is what you need to do with the rest of your life. You know, go and win the lost. That's what mm. it's all about. We really got the evangelism bug. Mm. I think is what I need to how I say it. instead of just doing meetings, mm. going after the lost and mm. going after them and 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 making it a priority. Mm. And uh, when I bumped into Rodney in the in the lobby. He looked me in the eye and he says, so what are you doing now? And I said, well, I'm in full-time ministry. And he says, really, where are you, where are you based out of? I said, we don't, we're not based. I said, we, we gave up our home and everything. And he says, how's your finances? I said, we're doing great. And we were. We were doing wonderful. He says, come and sit down. He says, I want to talk with you. So he starts interviewing me a little bit. Next thing you know, he's giving me his phone number, his email. And he says, he believes the Lord just told him to help me in ministry. So he kind of took me under his wing and he gave me a little bit of exposure and stuff when we went up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I, I ministered at Mac Hammond's church. I don't know if you've ever heard of Mac Hammond, but mm-hmm. he's got a very large Word of Faith church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sold out of my CD like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sang one song and all my CDs sold. It was unbelievable. And then after I was with Rodney, we had our first breakthrough in a city called Scranton, Pennsylvania. And we went there and we, we held a, uh evangelism weekend revival meeting where we'd have fire of God meetings at night and then we'd go out at, during the day and win the lost. Mm-hmm. And we had like 50 people show up on a Saturday morning uh, from four different states to go out and win the lost on the streets of Scranton, Pennsylvania. And we saw like 60 people get saved in one hour mm-hmm. and give their hearts to the Lord. Even Muslims on the street were praying the prayer and, and, and just getting their life right with God. Yeah, wow. And we got so excited. We got so excited. We were like, this is it. This is what we're doing. Mm. And a year went by, and next thing you know, I get called, and this is where I'm bringing you up to speed. Mm. I get a phone call from uh, uh, Tom Scarella, who's an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was friends with Todd Bentley. And I didn't know who Todd was. I, nobody, I didn't even have a clue who Todd was. Mm. You know, hey, you, you got to come in here, Todd Bentley. Who's Todd Bentley? Mm. You know, like I didn't know who he was. And he said, um, would you like to come and do the m- music for me? I'm doing the morning sessions and Todd's doing the night sessions. Now, this is over a year and a half ago. Mm. This is before any Lakeland or anything. Mm. So I said, sure. So we drove from New York down to Florida 22 hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be there. I had $1,000 in my account, and uh, it cost me like 500 to get there. And they told me, when you come, there's no offering because it all has to go to Fresh Fire Ministries and everything. I said, it doesn't matter. We're just hungry for God. Let's just let's do it, you know. And I said, can I set up my CDs, and then that will take care of the, you know, the bills and everything. And they, yeah, that's no problem at all. So I came down. And then two days, or I think it was a day before I got there, they said, by the way, 
uh, Todd's worship leader is stuck in Canada. He can't get in. Can you do the night meetings as well? And by the way, it's going to be live on God TV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so like they just kind of like sprung that on me. Yeah. Well, I said, sure, of course I can. Yeah. I would love to. And uh, I did. Mm-hmm. And um, our first two meetings was uh, unbelievable. I never met Todd. Todd walked out, and the presence of God was extremely thick in the worship, and he couldn't even really minister for the first hour and a half. He kept me. He kept telling me, keep going, keep going, keep going. And uh, I sold out of my CDs. Uh, one morning I gave my guitar away because the Lord spoke me to spoke to me to give my guitar away, and uh, it was my baby. I mean, yeah. my six-string acoustic electric jumbo cutaway Takamini. You know what I'm saying? Like it was. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. <laughs> uh, it was. It's just a very good. It's yeah. a very good guitar. And uh, I said, uh, Lord, I'm not giving this away. And I could feel the Lord say, Do it now. And so we've been radical enough where we just do what the Lord says. Mm. So I went, Okay. Right in the middle of the guy's sermon, I walk up on stage, grab the guitar, come back down off stage, and I give it to this kid that's an intern with with Todd. Yeah. He's flipping out, and I'm like, Take it quick. <laughs> quickly before I take it back you know and I gave it to him 20 minutes later I get off stage and I come back into the lobby and there's a line of people with checks in their hands to bless me wow like I didn't do that for that reason mm. and they gave me all the checks they gave him hugs and everything and I called my wife I was crying I was like isn't God good look mm. we sold out of our CDs we were burning off copies of this CD mm. uh, the demo CD that I have and people were buying it left hand over fist mm. and I said isn't it amazing Melanie I said these people just blessed me with checks I gave my guitar away she's like you did I'm so proud of you and everything because my wife's a giver mm. you know and I, I, she's taught me how to give mm. and she goes how much was it I said, gosh, I, I don't even know. I haven't even looked. So I pulled a, I put my hand in my pocket, and I grabbed the checks. I started flipping them, and they were like $1,000, $1,500, $1,000, $500, $250, And I was just blown away. We $6,500 had come in, mm. and we came down you know, on complete blind faith that we're just going where God wants us to go. That started the relationship with me and Todd. And then... Um, I th- we were our meetings were increasing too. Everywhere we go, we would have favor. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Doors would start to open supernaturally. We would start to see the lost get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. It was very powerful. Um, meetings would go five hours long. You know, I would extend meetings if I came in for three days. We'd extend another two days and just keep on with the revival meetings. Keep on winning the lost. Keep on filling the church. Uh, we had revival breakout in Colebrook, New Hampshire, where it was a church of 75, and they doubled in two weeks mm. and kept 150 people. Mm. And you know, nine nine months later, we call them up; they still got the 150. Mm. You know, mm. like that kind of uh, deposit we would leave mm. in a church. Now, Roy, um, many people would have heard of the, the Lakeland outpouring: 150 nights, 100 million people watching on God TV. Thousands and thousands of people came to Christ. Um, you, you have been so inspiring in your commitment to, to keep things going wherever you go. You, you're just so mm. hungry to see people saved. Um, there are probably people listening now, Roy, that are away from God or they've never given their life to, to Christ and they don't know what to do or, or how to do that. Would you speak to those listeners and, and show them yeah. uh, you know, how they can connect with God? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're listening right now, uh, the majority of the world is in fear. And uh, they're one of the reasons they're in fear is because they don't know who God is. Mm. 
And if you're listening right now and you're one of these people that you feel like, man, I, it just seems absolutely hopeless. Well, that's how I felt when I was 18 years old. I felt like I was absolutely hopeless. Again, when I was 21, I felt absolutely hopeless. And I'll tell you right up front, right after the Lakeland Revival, right after in August, I felt absolutely hopeless for two weeks, about three weeks actually. And I thought, you know, the I kept hearing this like, are you called? Are you called? Maybe you weren't called. It's like, hello, mm. we just ministered to the world. Mm. What do you mean am I, am I called? Mm. And I would say this to you. I found the Lord when I got real with my own heart motives. Mm. Uh, the Bible says a fool says in his own heart there is no God. There's a God. I mean, just look around you. Look at the sky. Look at the trees. Look at the ocean. There's a God. And he loves you very much. And he also sent his son. And you hear that all the time in church. What made it real for me is when I got real with God. And I said, God, if you don't change my heart, I don't want to be here anymore. Maybe some of you need to get violent in your faith with God and just test and just say, God, will you prove yourself in this area in my life? And I'm telling you right now, he loves you so much, he actually will do it. That's how he did it for me. He showed me that he was real. And all I can tell you is, I understand today what the peace that he, Jesus spoke about that surpasses all my understanding. Like today, I'm sitting in a position that I, I never thought would be possible this quickly. You know, I was going towards it years from now. But today, my wife and I, we have a great marriage, and uh, I have two beautiful kids that are healthy and serving God. They know nothing but the anointing. And, you know, this is coming from a kid who is in a broken home where my mother, uh, my mother and I constantly fought in the house, and uh, my dad wasn't around. And uh, while I was in Scotland, my, my father gave his heart to the Lord. Mm. You know, he had a heart attack and almost died, and God God used me to lead my dad to the Lord. Now today, my dad and I have a relationship. Today, uh, my mother and I have a great relationship. Uh, my family's been completely restored. My mom's remarried and happy. My dad has found the love of his life, and he's happy today. And, and uh, it's just amazing how God can bring everything else mm. around if you stay committed to him. So I'd say I'd say this to you if you're listening you go well how does that help me Roy? Maybe my dad will never uh come back to relationship with me. Maybe uh that happened for you but what about me? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says that God nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. It doesn't matter what you've done or said. It's not a hopeless situation. You can trust him. You can have faith in God, and he'll always come through. He can do anything but fail. And uh, that's what helped me. I just cried out to the Lord, and I got real with him. You know, I didn't I didn't do the whole, Oh, Lord, I come before you this day. Please come into my heart. I just ask you, you know, try to be all like real etiquette with your speech. Just get real with him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, God, this is where I'm at. Can you please touch my life? Mm-hmm. Well, Roy, I reckon you're a history maker. I, I've just been so inspired to hear the story about how God's used you, and I'm sure I'm going to hear plenty of stories about how God's going to use you in the future. 
Um, now, if people want to find out more about your music or about uh, your ministry that you have, uh, what's the best websites for them to go to? Uh, the best thing they can do is go to runwithfire.com. That's R-U-N-W-I-T-H-F-I-R-E.com, runwithfire. Somebody said, isn't that dangerous? <laughs> and I said, yeah, we got a ministry called Run With Scissors. Next year we're starting. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Runwithfire.com, then they can get everything from there. I have an artist website, and then the music is all the teaching all the um, music is available through that website fantastic alright Mabel thank you so much for joining us Uh, if you'd like to uh, hear this interview again or uh, see the link to Roy's website just go to historymakersradio.com you can download all sorts of goodies there Uh, and uh, thank you so much for joining us Roy God bless you mate absolutely God bless you History Makers